0: everybody, welcome to the Film Photography Podcast. My name is Michael Rosso. This is a, a very exciting show. Uh, <laughs> That's right. Right before we started taping this show, Dane made a call to Hamilton Photo Lab. That's right. Which we have talked about in the past on this very show.
1: What show?
0: Hamilton does E6. E6. Let's call slide film. E6 processing
2: only. That's awesome.
0: Which is amazing. And I've been trying for the longest time to kind of... Twist Danes and Mark's arm to shoot some E6. I'm like, you gotta see.
2: I know we keep doing the cross process. You guys keep
0: sending your film, E6 film into the lab. They've been getting a cross process in C41, which gives you a negative, which is not the same.
3: Well, I haven't got it. To be to to be truthful, I've never actually shot E6 or sent it in before. These are the the rolls I just sent out are my first rolls, so this will be my first time seeing it.
0: This is the internet radio show for people who love film. We have a packed studio. We have a gaggle here today. Yeah, Live studio audience. (laughs) (laughs) Dane Johnson is here. Hey, how you doing? Leslie Lazenby is here. Hi, everyone. Mark Dalzell is here. Hi. (laughs) Related to James Bond.
3: That's right. He basically, basically, I am James Bond. Yes.
0: John Fideli is here.
3: (laughs) And uh,
0: Leslie, you are our guest. Thank you very much for coming in from Finlay, Ohio. Finlay, Ohio. You've heard us. Those who have listened to the show know we've discussed, talked about. Imagine that. That's Leslie's uh, shop in Finlay, Ohio, which is connected, same building next door, to the Mecca. The Mecca.
3: Which is a studio space,
0: correct? Studio.
1: It's my veg space. Yes. No phone.
3: Oh, that's nice. No internet. No motor car. But. (laughs) Not a single luxury. Just
1: got a 20-inch old (laughs) standard television. And I'm going to hook the Atari up. We'll oh. be able to play oh. Pac Man, right. the original. Right. Welcome to the 80s. Welcome to the 80s. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I was just going to say, Dane's loading up the soundboard.
4: <laughs> Is that a jet? <laughs>
3: You're listening to Mike in the Morning. <laughs> <laughs> we got uh,
0: Fred Norris over here. So we, before the show was rolling, did a call to Hamilton Photo Labs to find out what E6 prices were. And they were pretty good. Yes, Surprisingly I was good. surprised. Uh, yeah. As yeah. of this date, what is today? Oh, oh hey, it's uh, FPP 70, November
4: fifteenth,
0: 2012. I thought we just did 71. Uh, oh, no, this isn't that show. <laughs> i find out what show this is. For, this is like, for real, what show? Yeah, it really
4: is. What show?
0: Hey, welcome to uh, FPP sixty eight. <laughs> 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 All right, it's October fifteenth, twenty twelve. Say, it's October fifteenth, twenty twelve, and in my notes here it says this is the Kina show. Do you know what Kina uh, is? No. 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 Say you. It is the photo show in Cologne, Germany. Oh, really? That's right. The show. Mm. It's not no Pdn.
1: Mm-mm. What the show? Not no Pma.
0: Nope. There's not no Pdn. Mm-mm. This is the Photokina. They have it every two years. It's a big deal. It, it is must big. be. Deal. Yes. And uh, FPP correspondent Vivian Lee was on the spot. Yes. I want to thank everyone for listening to the show. Absolutely. And especially this show because this is the, the Photokina show. And before we get all bogged down and all this amazing stuff we're going to talk about. Wow, look at that. <laughs> <laughs> it's an iPad. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to do our
4: Photokina stuff. Great. This is
2: Polaroid's new
4: Time Zero One Step. Pretty.
3: Why is it black?
4: Oh, you'll know it's the Time Zero One Step. And here's the world's fastest developing color. You see it in seconds now, not minutes.
3: Look at that color.
4: But why a Time Zero One Step? It comes with a pack of Time Zero Super Color film and this made for each other pack. Certainly are made for each other. Just like coffee and cream.
5: Rolls
6: and Royce. Or me and
0: you. Try ham and
5: cheese.
0: Hey, we're back. Oh, hey. Uh, I want to thank uh, uh, our uh, FPP correspondent, Vivian Lee, who went to Photokina, and she um, uh, kindly uh, interviewed uh, many folks and also took some pictures.
4: Where's Vivian from, do
0: you know? Uh, Vivian, I believe, lives in the UK, although oh. I'm not sure where she's from. From. Okay. She's li- currently living in the UK. Gotcha.
7: Living, living in, in the UK. UK
0: and um, uh, uh, not a stranger to FPP listeners our good friend nano burger yeah dan nano burger micro Lenoburger.
2: slider yeah
0: <laughs> dan i believe is in the service not the secret service small mac but i think he's in the service <laughs> and he also is has a lot of stuff posted on the instructables online mm-hmm. cuz dan take tish
2: apart <gasps> and it puts it back together in a Why way. Why don't I let's pick this? Takes Tish apart. <laughs> yes, and just do it right. So. You ever yeah, hear I do back? I backwards yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: but let's get right into Check it. Check one. Alf. Photo. <laughs> 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 Photokina is, uh, from what I understand, a premiere. Do you know
1: anything about it, Leslie? Photokina, sure. Please tell us. It is the the big photo exposition of the world. Where years ago we had PMA photo marketing, mm-hmm. PDN. Which happened every year, and all the dealers would go to it to see what was new, what was happening. though uh, was the big one, so that's it. That's what they Have do. Have you been? Uh, not to Phonoketona. PMA okay. many times. Okay. Yeah.
0: Is PMA still around? Yes. Where is that that
1: Uh They change it up, usually Las Vegas or Orlando. They bop back and forth. Sometimes in New Orleans, too.
0: And now it's a, new, a big digital show.
1: Yes. Yeah. DEMA, too. They okay. throw DEMA in with it, and digital imaging.
0: Uh this one is in Germany, right? Cologne, Germany. Yes, yes. it is. Mm-hmm. That's when, awesome. When, when was it? About a month ago. Mm. It, my, <laughs> and I saw some photographs that Vivian took of the... like. It wasn't like a lomography lam- booth. It was like a lomography wing. Wow. Mm-hmm. It was... In, when you see the pictures, you'll die. It was incredible, the displays that they had. Mm. Like, it was the... The Fujifilm wing. A whole hallway, like an entire... Those were the days. Those were the days. Well, those days are back, Leslie. Because Vivian was there, and she did interviews for us. The first interview I'd like to introduce, she interviewed Andy Henschel from The Impossible Project. And let's go to that interview, John.
8: Oh, let's do it.
9: This is Vivian Lee at PhotoKina 2012 in Cologne in Germany. I'm at the Impossible Project stand with Andy
10: Henshaw. Hello, Andy.
9: Hi. Can you tell us what you do at the Impossible Project?
10: Um, I'm uh, officially on my business card. It's written that I'm the head of customer service and I'm responsible for direct sales management. Actually, I do uh, a lot of other things, but that's, that's my main job description.
9: How would you describe the stand? What was the theme for this impossible project exhibition stand at Photokina?
10: So when you come to Fotokina, you realize there's a lot of uh, really large stands, large booths by the major companies, Canon and Panasonic. And we have just a tiny little booth here, which is, I think, about uh, 30 or 40 square meters large. But it's, uh, uh, it's a nice design. It's uh, designed by Achim Heine, which is our, our also product designer from Germany and uh, we try here to exhibit in two different separate spaces um, our new hardware concepts that we are working on for 2013 on one hand and also uh, our film materials which is the new 8x10 material and our new colour films that's a a dedicated section here on the booth
9: Recently we've had a development where Impossible Project has launched the 8x10 large format film which has been long awaited Can you tell us something about it?
10: Yes, it's um, that, that has really been an exciting story. We uh, we were able to to buy the last production machine from the Polaroid factory in the United States, um, Massachusetts if I'm not mistaken, where the 8x10 Polaroid material has been produced uh, from the 1970s on. So we got this machine and we shipped it to our factory in in Enschede, um, the Netherlands, and we were able over the course of more than one year to uh, build up this machine again, reconstruct it basically, get together all the know-how and expertise that's needed to produce this film again. And so what we are making now is, uh, with the first production batch, um, that's already available um, and most of it's sold out and uh, it's a yeah, black and white 640 ASA film and it's it's doing great. We do some shootings here with this film and uh, we got some fantastic results.
9: So let's go around the corner where I can see that there are some pictures being displayed on the wall.
10: We did uh, shootings here with uh, uh, Italian photographer Maurizio Galimberti yesterday and we're also going to do some shootings here today and tomorrow with uh the Lego 8x10 camera, that's a peculiar device, that's a 8x10 camera that's made up of, of Lego stones, obviously. That's going to be on display here today, and we're going to shoot with our material here. How and did you
9: find this Lego camera?
10: Um, I'm not sure. I think the, this guy approached us because he needed new material, obviously, for his, for his camera. So I think he got in contact with us one or two months ago, and, and uh, we realized he was also on the Photokina because he was shooting on another booth. So we asked him if he could come by and do a shooting here.
9: Also, more recently, um, the film quality from Impossible has greatly improved from open-source yes, film. Absolutely, I've yeah. heard. How does that work?
10: We are introducing basically here our new color materials for the 600 camera and the S670 camera. So our new films are the PX680 and the PX70 color protection film. So That's the 8x10
9: doesn't have this?
10: No, the 8 10 is black and white materials, so our new technique and the new uh, system that we use is starting out in the color materials, so like I said, the PX-70 film at the PX-680 film for Polaroid 600 and SX-70 cameras. And we've been shooting this here for, for the last three or four days, and it's it's just working great because the, the performance of this film has really been improved a lot. It's, uh, it's colors, it's it's contrast, it's all way better than the previous films. And the main, uh, main improvement in, in handling is that it's not necessary to shield these images from light as they check from the camera. At least not here in the artificial light situation and also in direct sunlight. You really just have to take the picture from the camera, flip it over and let it develop upside down and that's just fine. Also in broad right. so sunlight. Do
9: I still need to shoot it into a
10: box? No, you don't have to do that. No. So, as
9: soon as it came out, if I was in the Sahara Desert? Yeah. All I have to do is flip it over, put it inside. Exactly, yeah.
10: There's no artistry with boxes and, and covers and dark shields necessary. Yeah.
9: And what, how was the response been for that film?
10: Really, really great. I mean, uh, test versions of this film has been available to our pioneers uh, for the last three months. These are, these are mostly customers that have been with us for right from the beginning, basically. We issued cards and special user accounts to those early customers and uh, we make film material available to them before it's available to the to the general public. And so they have been able to test these films and we've got really great feedback and great photos from from these people. And also here at the Photokina, everyone who sees the pictures, who also has known our previous film materials, they all agree that this is a huge improvement and uh, I think the pictures also speak for themselves.
9: Well done to the guys in the factory.
10: Yes, absolutely. We're very thankful for their, you know, for them, you know, really always uh, keeping improving the product, and, and they do a lot of research and development. Actually, that's the main thing that they do at the factory, besides operating the machine. We're really thankful to have these great guys on board. The 8 by 10 film is still it's uh, it's uh, in production, obviously now, but it's still there's uh, tons of manual labor involved in that. So they told me that uh, for every pack of the 8 by 10 film, there's around one and a half hours alone of manual labor to assemble these these film sheets. So it's like a product that's going to be available only in limited numbers and uh, yeah at, at a certain price point, of course, yeah. So what's happening that?
9: Where's the camera? Year? Yeah. In that 11 months journey, how's that yeah.
10: This has also been an, an, experience, uh, an exciting journey, I have to say. Um, we had planned to release uh, or to at least show a production sample of the camera here for the Kina. but uh, also this was one of the projects that we encountered that turned out to be little bit more complicated or in this case a lot more complicated than we initially thought it would be. What
9: of problems?
10: It's not really problems it's just uh, it's a challenging, challenging task to manufacture an instant camera because as it turns out the heart of every instant camera is the film processing unit which is uh, the part of the camera mostly on the base of the Polaroid cameras for instance that includes the roller system the two metal rollers that eject the image and uh, not only do that but also spread the film developer within the Polaroid image, or in our case the impossible image. And these, uh, these metal rollers, this whole system with the gear train and the metal rollers, it has to be manufactured to very, very um, exact, uh, uh, there's just basically no room for tolerances. So if, there's, uh, if they're like a thousandth of a millimeter off, then uh, the image won't actually turn out, it won't develop we've had to find ways to to really get very precise manufacturing and we have great partners in germany who have worked with us on that project and actually we are on schedule but not the schedule that andre Bosman was thinking of 11 months ago manufacturing machines and also all the expertise and know-how that polaroid had gathered over the over the centuries that's been basically lost with their factories and and their machinery. When they stopped making cameras in, I think it was two thousand five.
9: Tell um, us about the Kickstarter project.
10: Yeah, the instant lab. That was actually one of the things that we discovered when working on the on the camera concept, because uh, we needed a a means to test the prototypes of the film processing units that we were making. And it turned out that this was hard with a camera on top, because you uh, would always have different light conditions and. Uh, also, other variables that made it hard to actually judge the actual performance of the film processing unit. So this is why we built something where we could actually take photos of a display, of a phone display in this case, and that's um, where the where the instant lamp developed from. It's basically a uh, optical device like a camera that uh, will let you transfer your digital images from your iPhone. Onto analog instant materials. There were mixed reactions, in fact. So um, we got a lot of great feedback, obviously. So as you mentioned, we uh, introduced a Kickstarter campaign to fund this project because we plan to produce the instant labs and introduce it to the market in February two thousand and thirteen, which is in uh, six months, if I'm not mistaken. We still need some essential funding for this because for to getting you know the tools and everything, the molding tools for the parts. So we had a funding goal of two hundred and fifty thousand US dollars. And the campaign went off. I think uh, beginning of September, and we were in fact able to get this basic funding within one day. So that was a huge success. But there's also there's you know traditional Polaroid users who are a little bit you know irritated. They say the thing that they like about instantography is that you have one original, and now you're making a device that copies images to instant material. So it's yeah, we do have prototypes here at Photokina, and uh, the, the... We can walk the yeah, sure, and have a look at yeah. That
9: because I see it in the window with um, a phone attachment. It's
10: basically, it's a base unit, a flat base unit that looks a little bit like, a, like an old Polaroid camera. And it has a collapsible tower on top that includes the optical system. And uh, on the top of this tower, you have a what we call a cradle, which is an adapter <laughs> for an iPhone. So we obviously we will ship this unit with uh, various adapters for various phone models. People keep asking us, does it work with iPhone 5? Of course. I mean, we will not produce a product without a cradle for the iPhone 5. And we are also going to introduce uh, or ship it with. Uh, at least one android cradle which would probably be the samsung galaxy we're still making our minds up maybe there's also a way to, to do an adaptable cradle for various uh, phone types this will be available in february 2013 that's going to be the first hardware device that we're introducing
9: Any other? Plans?
10: yes there are so we hope to be able to uh, release the first pinhole camera in fact um, that's the the first camera product that we're going to release in, in march there's some um, uh, actually a viewfinder camera that we are working on. That's just an early prototype that
9: So let, let's let's describe this weird and strange hybrid. It looks yeah. a bit like a Polaroid six hundred box camera with a what looks like a of shunter that looks like Polaroid C05 dental camera and a lens from an sx seventy.
10: I think that's exactly what it is, yeah. Um, we so so one part of our hardware design team is uh, is Henny Manders who has been head of research and development for Polaroid hardware for many many years. And we are we are very fortunate to have him in, in, in our hardware design team, and he's coming up with with all these you know crazy prototypes that he's building from. Uh, yeah, a lot of the the old hardware. We hope to being able in uh, maybe the third or fourth quarter of 2013. Being able to introduce, a if you find a camera in the market, I would love if it looked something like that. But I'm afraid it will look uh, totally different and probably will still look great. So yeah. Mm. Yeah. Great talking to you. Thank you. Bye.
0: Thank you, Vivian. Next up is a photographer who, who is shooting uh, instant film, and that gentleman's name is Jens Worline.
9: I'm with Jens Wurline. Who has been shooting at the Impossible Project exhibition stand using the recently launched 8 x 10 Impossible Black and White film? But more unusually, he's shooting it on a large format camera made with Lego bricks. How did this kind of collaboration, if we can call it, come about between you and the impossible
7: project? Uh, I've built uh, some more cameras with Lego bricks. First, we built my children and I. We we built a, a first camera in 4 by 5 inch. And, and tested it with a digital bag and, and black and white film and uh, instant film from fuji, and I heard about that impossible project will reinvite an eight by 10 inch instant film, and then we decided to build the camera to work with the film.
9: So this camera is especially made for that film.: Yes. I've seen Lego cameras before in 35mm and 120 but not really in 8 x 10 Yes. So why did you build it out of Lego? Is it just because you wanted a project with your children
1: that you could do?
7: Uh, it was not several things. I found our old Lego boxes with my children and we thought, what can we do with them? The children are too big to play with Legos of oh, 14 they're and 17 and uh, we don't want to sell it at ebay, we don't want to make anything with it and at our university of design in Gmünd, uh, we are working in product design a lot like the cradle to cradle principle and uh, it's a special form of recycling to get from new good things you can work with from the old material and my daughter has to make a, 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 a homework about photography. And we decided, okay, why should we not build a camera?
9: So the cradle-to-cradle concept is what yes. product designers use to when they design the whole life yes. span of that product from when it was manufactured to when it dies and it has to go somewhere. Yes. So you mentioned university earlier. Is that in Germany? Are you a teacher in that?
7: Yes, uh, it's in Germany, South Germany. Hochschule für Gestaltung in Schwäbisch Gmünd, University of Applied Science.
9: And what do you teach in that course?
7: Photography uh, for graphic designers, product designers.
9: So applied photography. Yes. Can you describe the camera, maybe some feature?
7: It's a very easy camera. It's like a camera from uh, Niepce and Daguerre. It's the camera principle, like in 1820 until 1840. It's a very simple box-in-box box system. One box is an objective uh, a lens inbuilt in and in the other box uh, you have the film or the focus screen and you can the boxes uh, uh, slide uh, to get the right focus. It's made with
9: multicolor LEGO, so I guess a color yes. theme was not necessarily in the part of the design.
7: No, my children and I, we have decided uh, LEGO bricks are in any colors and they must hold their colors.
9: Well, I saw there's a special feature of a, a window on the right-hand side and a post box on the left-hand side.
7: Yes, a little bit of ideas came up uh, with some special LEGO bricks we found in our boxes and we thought, oh, why not? <laughs>
9: Those are the details for the LEGO estate agent. Yes. Did you ever shoot with the Polaroid instant film when Polaroid was still in production?
7: Yes, I've uh, shot with all Polaroid uh, uh, films about over 30 years of my photographer's work.
9: How would you describe your style as a photographer?
7: My style as a photographer, I'm, I should like to do uh, simple things in photography, not too much in one picture. So very simple and clear to get the information and get a feeling for it.
9: What do you think of the new impossible large format film now that you've been using it for quite a while?
7: It's very great. I'm so happy that the crazy people of Impossible <sighs> make such great things.
9: How does it compare to what you used to use? Or should we even be comparing them?
7: It's a little bit different, but it's, uh, uh, it's also similar. It's, uh, today it's a little bit different, but it's good.
9: So you're happy customer? Yeah, very happy. We'll post some pictures of the Lego camera online, and I'm sure people will enjoy looking at them. Thanks Perfect. very much.
7: Thank you.
0: Okay, hey, we're back Thanks for that great interview Next up is the interview with uh, Lomography mm. Christian Polt was interviewed I edited it Christian spilled the beans <laughs> On some brand new products that are coming out 110 oh, Really? Oh yeah Oh boy That I know about And you guys oh, don't know out, But we're not telling anybody Because it wouldn't be the right thing to do It's the 110 Lomokino
3: That they're talking about, right?
1: <laughs> no Actually, if you ship me $5, I'll tell you Oh. You can go
0: through PayPal.
2: Oh, one ten
3: Lomo Kino. That'd be awesome.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you <laughs> you only you get three hot. seconds of zip. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> new cartridge. Hey, can we start over? Can't see it. <laughs> you folks here and folks out there listening, you know, no surprise to you guys that I'm a huge uh, instant user of the Impossible Film. And uh, as of late in the last 12 months, I've been an amazing supporter of Lomography. And also, Lomography has been very cool to us yeah. and Impossible. Has been oh, very yeah. cool to us. They, they invite walks. us into their space. Well, we have our FPP meetups, and they're so kind to invite us in. Yeah. And, you know, let us either meet there, get shelter. Yeah. You get know, shelter.
3: Yeah. Hang out and bug their lab guys
2: <laughs> for in London Yeah, that's for two right. Hours. <laughs> that was great. He's trying to work. Guys guys, elbow deep in the flipping out canisters, and we're all like, so what? Uh
3: Hey, what's that? Hey, what's that?
0: Oh. Hey. Here's, here's Christian Palt from Lomography.
9: Mm-hmm. So I'm now at the Lomography stand with Christian Palt. Hi, Christian. Hello. Can you tell us what's your role at Lomography?
6: Well, I'm now the head of marketing of Lomography. We do production, promotion, pricing, everything from the product idea to bringing to the product to the market, to marketize the product, to organize events, to do PR. For someone who hasn't been to
9: Photokina, or how would you describe the Lomography stand or set up here?
6: It's very important that it's not just a, a booth because Lomography was always about having a community and where people can meet. And besides seeing our product, you can do workshops like develop your film in coffee or you can do a sardina DIY workshop where artists help you to decorate your DIY sardina. You can hang out in the Lomokino movie theater to see some new Lomokino movies. And you can, of course, shoot your own Lomo Kino movie, so...
9: So, looking around the booth, we're actually sitting in the uh, Lomo Kino movie theater at the moment, doing this interview. Um, over there, I can see the Analog Bazaar, and then, I think, behind you, there is... What is it? i don't to over there. There is a bar and a Magic Motion, Magic Motion studio. Yes. What, what are those individual bits?
6: The Analog Bazaar is a shop where you can see our newest products and also buy them, actually. Then you forgot one to mention, it's the Dr. Lab Film Development Lab where you can learn how you can develop black and white film in coffee and soda and vitamin vitamin C. Then we are here in the Lomokino cinema which is easy. Then the bar is of course the bar where we always have a little after trade fair party every night at 6. And then the Magic Motion Studio is where you can do your own Lomokino movie. And then we have the do-it-yourself satina area at the very end.
9: Look at the new product range this year from Lomo is one ten.
6: Yes, cameras. We are so happy with this product. Like for Lomography, it's this is like the incredible that we are just able to build a machine to cut film to bring back the one ten film format, and we are so happy that we got good feedback from all around the world. From yeah, from people that are normally Lomography critics so to say they also said ah cool that the 110 film is back now I can use my Pentex system again. People are super happy and the cameras are very lomographic, in my opinion the 110 because you really just need to put in the film and you can shoot it's so easy. There's never like problems with the film advancing and never problems with setting focus or you never nothing. Just put in the film, shoot have fun. So the new cameras are the Fisheye
9: 110 110, 110, yeah. Baby. yeah, yeah. Are there good people 110 cameras coming out? Yes.
6: Yes. Soon next year.
9: 110 was a dead format before the picked it up again. Why choose 110? Because other formats like Instagram, the 126. So it's 127, there's still one film available for it. And there's even crazy talk about reviving discord Why did you choose 110?
6: I think it was just the most common and easiest to do for now
9: a production issue? A
6: production thing, yes. And this is the the film format where most cameras are still around from the old days.
9: So it depends on what the camera has survived? Yeah, also. The test of time? Exactly. You
6: mentioned before about um, production and I think you said something about making a machine.
9: Did you have to make a machine to produce the film or did you find an old machine that
6: could do it? No, we produced, we, we built this machine to cut other film into this one then like format what about the, cartridge? the cartridge we can do easily so like we have lots of experience in producing plastic cameras obviously and so the cartridge was just piece of cake <laughs> <laughs> piece
9: of cake yeah. yeah yeah yeah
6: this was really hard because you know you need to, you need to imagine you need to do it in the dark
9: Yes, and um, I tried to put, take the 110 film out of the cartridge
6: in the dark. That's not easy. Yeah, so see. <laughs>
9: What's the um, commitment to the 110 film, film? format? How far do you think it can take us?
6: I can say now that we will come up with two more films, actually, two more sorts of films in the 110 film format still this fall. For us, our customers, like we have a very young target group to some extent, they were like, yeah, why? They is this hard to develop, where can I develop it, where can I do it, so maybe not the easiest product to communicate for, I don't know, 15 to 25 year olds, but we were so happy to see like on analog photography user group, apug.org or .com, to see like this, established photographers that normally say Ah, I don't like Lomography so much they're a snapshot and that they say that's a good film and that they like it and so yeah I think it's, for us it's somehow also a game changer maybe like that people hopefully see that we really care about analog photography
9: So you've in a way won over a new audience with one in an unexpected way.
6: Yeah totally it's a very good.
9: So what more can we expect from so this is an important year for the
6: this year, Yes. First off, we are celebrating our 20th anniversary, still this year in November. And if you are in the community, stay tuned, we will surprise you soon.
9: And uh, for the future?
6: We will come up with new products again next year, as we do every year. We will launch a very exciting product, maybe still this year, which is a high-end 120 film camera.
9: Higher than the Lupita, which is actually... That's the highest at
6: 120 uh, I would say uh, it with for some function yes and it will also launch for a cheaper price so it's very good camera with good lens with one great feature that I don't say now okay, with a and for a really affordable price um, thank
9: you very much for, for speaking
6: to us uh, thanks for having me it's always a pleasure
9: thank you. Um, This is Vivian Lee At Tokina 2012 It's back to Michael and the gang At the FPP studio
6: Bye See you
0: (laughs) Well thank you Vivian We're back Uh, Next up are the two The big guns Fujifilm And this is Here's the deputy general manager Of Fujifilm imaging systems Deputy. He's based in Germany And his name is uh, B-E-R-N-D We'll have Vivian Pronounce it Uh, Bernd Yes here we go That sounds right
9: I'm now at Fujifilm's exhibition booth and I'm with Bernd Ganshoff. I hope I said your name right. What do you do at Fujifilm?
11: Yes, I'm the deputy general manager for the Fujifilm Imaging Systems Division in Germany. We are dealing with some special sorts of uh, products. It starts with amateur film, professional film material, analog media, and it goes over to photographic papers Inkjet paper materials, mini labs, on-site printing systems, uh, Instax cameras—so quite a lot of topics which we are uh, covering.
9: Well, as a user of Fuji Films, I think there's a really fantastic product. It's had years of heritage built up and lots of know-how, and performed really well. This range seems to be decreasing. What sort of films do we have presently that is still in production?
11: Of course. The roots of Fujifilm and the original root of Fujifilm is the film. Uh, cinema films and also amateur film, which were produced in the late 30s of the last century in uh, Japan and um, just at the bottom of the Fujiyama. And this gives also the origin of the name Fujifilm. And um, so, since that day, the film was always one of the big key issues at Fujifilm and we know we have a big heritage and we are quite aware of where we are coming from. Still, we produce in Japan, in this production plant, our film material. Uh, Of course, uh, we have stopped some sorts of films like APS films and we are um, concentrating on some normal standard film. We have some professional films also as well and instant films for the instant cameras, but of course, due to the digitalization in the market, um, the demand for films has been decreasing by 25 up to 30% a year. So still, it's quite a big portion, millions of films, but if you see it in the context, uh, in our company, it has become only a very small portion compared to previous years.
9: So are uh, all the films produced in Japan?
11: Yes, we have also some production plant in the in the past in United States and also in uh, Netherlands in Tilburg, but uh, this production plant has been closed some years ago uh, or has been changed. So, for example, in Tilburg, which is situated in the Netherlands, um, the former film production was um, rebuilt into a paper production, which is more or less quite the same production process.
9: When Fuji discontinue a film, is it cut from all regions or do some regions still have a supply of them?
11: Normally we have a core assortment, uh, which we um, offer in all regions, in all countries. Of course, it's always the de- decision of each country which kind of films they are going to uh, merchandise. So in Germany we have the whole, whole range, if you co- compare uh, the demand in Germany, in contrast to other European countries, we have a lot of film fans still in, in Germany, and I would say for Germany we have the widest assortment in whole Europe, and Germany within Europe is still one of the biggest markets for film material. So a lot of customers are quite um, disappointed. At one of our films will be discontinued. Of course, due to the shrinking demand globally, um, some films has to be stopped, unfortunately, I would say, but uh, for economical reasons, um, sometimes it's not, um, uh, it's, poss- it's not possible to continue these products.
9: How does the Europe market for what our films they stop, compared to USA or Japan?
11: I don't have exact figures I can give you, but I would say that um, um, the market in the United States is much bigger than in Europe, of course, um, but within Europe, I would say Germany has one of the leading uh, worlds. On the other side, there are also a lot of um, good and big film markets in some third world countries, like Africa. South America, where digital cameras are not so popular because they cannot be afforded. So in this case, old equipment is used with still film material because uh, on account of the fact that um, new digital cameras are not uh, uh, are too expensive for those uh, customers. There are no um, intentions to stop film production at all, so um, we have beforehand of our fair here in Cologne. Um, We have a big international distributors meeting and there's a special keynote from our president which says we want to be the one and only supplier in some cases. So we still stick to photographic paper, we still stick to, to film material. We know that that's a piece of our culture and we want to
3: preserve it.
9: How does the photographic paper market compare to the film market? I would imagine, although a lot of people might still be shooting film, not all of them are printing them in a dark room. They might be scanning them and digitally outputting.
11: Absolutely. If you look at the number of pictures taken, it's rather yeah, unlimited, I would say. Never before so many pictures has been taken. Unfortunately, not everyone is printed. Of course, we make a lot of promotions Uh, to save these memories, not only on an electronic device, but uh, on print. Because this is really also unlimited in time, you can keep it for for long, long years. Photographic paper is quite booming. Um, Of course, there are also some novelties, some, some new products which has been introduced, like album paper, which is not only popular in Germany, so a lot of people are not taking the normal 10 by 15 centimeter prints. Uh, they create photo books. and um, for these users, we make special album papers, not printed, but uh, printed on, on really photographic paper, which gives a totally um, outstanding look of these. Books.
9: So this will be printed on both sides. Yes,
11: it is only printed on one side, but it's very thin. It's a very thin layer, much thinner than a normal photographic paper, and it is glued and stick together in a process, uh, so it becomes a book, which has, of course, in contrast to a printed photo book, a normal paper photo book, it has huge advantages, because all the brightness, the contrast, the colorness, of a photographic paper can be also reflected in a um, photo book.
9: So, these photo books made with silver halite, like a normal photographic Absolutely. process? Absolutely.
11: And due to the high demand, we introduced three different types starting with a standard, going up to a professional one, uh, a glossy one, which gives really outstanding results.
9: So, how does someone get to use these papers? Do they need to order it as a service online? It's not available
11: as a domestic It's not available mainly. I don't know the situation in other countries, but in Germany we have a very special situation. We have a lot of wholesale finishers, so you need a wholesale finisher in the back. You can order online or directly at this wholesale finisher. You can also order directly at Futshefo. And it is produced in our own production plants. And then mailed to to the end consumer, or we have also collaborations with with uh, major retailers in the market um, who can um, can offer these products. But just kind of going back to your to a question, of course, the number of prints taken is slightly going down. It's quite stable. It has been stable for quite a long time. A lot of digital prints has been made. Analog prints are going rapidly down, but digital prints, prints from digital cameras uh, has been stable for a long time. Uh, it's now also a little bit shrinking, but we have to see it.
9: So given, as you said, the decline in film, does that mean Fuji will not be putting any more research and development work into their film range?
11: I suppose film material is developed at the high degree, and I don't think that uh, many research funds will be unneeded more. This is a, a product which has been developed over centuries and I suppose technically seen we are really on the top of what is possible in this range. So I suppose there will be you know, new products uh, but we have to continue, this will be the major uh, issue.
9: As we have seen with large traditional photographic companies, like Kodak and Polaroid um, because of the rapidly shrinking market and it could no longer support the size of their organization. And Kodak has recently announced the sale of their film part of the business. How would that change the industry for Fujifilm?
11: I have to say I totally regret this situation because um, it's always better to have a competitor. It's not good for the industry if you are the only surviving company. At the moment, we of course we benefit from this situation under economical reasons because a lot of people, a lot of uh, retailers and uh, laboratories are in need of paper for their production. And of course, the uncertainty about Kodak situation gives us the chance to talk to these people who have been working with Kodak for quite a long time. So, in the first step, it's. Quite favourable, of course, I have to say. On the other side, for for the industry at all, at all, I suppose it's a disaster and disadvantage if so many trademarks might disappear from the market because, um, yeah, so every time the variety, the variety of products and trademarks are essential for the attractiveness of an industry.
9: Can you see anybody coming in to buy up that film part of the business?
11: There are so many rumors in the market. Um, I don't know what will happen with Kodak. Um, so we also exchange a lot of experiences here on, and, and rumors on this fair. Uh, we have to see. I suppose maybe someone will buy these productions. We don't know. Uh, <laughs> it's better to ask people from Kodak that's a problem uh, we can't um, uh, judge
9: Um, so another organization that has stopped film production was Polaroid a while ago Mm -hmm. but ironically now you are producing their instant film with the Polaroid label on it but it's the Fuji Instax type instant film how is the instant film market doing?
11: instant film market is booming again it's really um, Success story, which is absolutely surprising. We introduced a new variety of new Instax cameras for many people in our target group. We are attracting, um, I would say, mainly female persons between 15 and 25. It's the first contact with such a system for me. With over 50 years old, I would say, is an old hat, as we tell in German.
9: They also but, have that saying in English.
11: <laughs> okay. It's exactly the same, no, hat. Uh, an old hat, but it is revitalized. And I heard one, one young lady um, saying when she saw our demonstration, oh, look at that, that's a digital camera where the picture comes out of it. <laughs> so you can imagine, it's fun, and... Um, Fuji film, they sold so many instant cameras last year and with the cameras of course film material is booming rapidly and in our strategy for the future, instant film is one of the big pillars in our um, merchandise.
9: How do you see the future of films?
11: Um, I don't think that there is a very sudden death, I would say. Uh, so if you look also in other categories like video cassettes or audio tapes or something else, it takes a long time, even um, if there was a digitalization earlier. There's always been a lot of um, suppliers who also supply these materials to the final end. So I don't know because um, there are still millions of units which are sold. Uh, it's quite a, a favorable business so far, so there's no intention, um, as I know, to stop this this film. Of course, we we cannot stop the the rapid decrease. I would say, if you only look in analogue film material, um, still we will have twenty up to twenty five percent decrease every year. But uh, instant material, for example, is a good example that. A topic which was more or less yeah, out of date was restarted once again and that gives hope also for, for other systems which might get uh renaissance once again. Uh, also, if look gets the CD music industry, also vinyls and records are still in the market and um, of course we don't have such mass media product. Um, maybe it's going in a very special corner.
9: That would be reassuring for all the film shooters to know that Fuji has a commitment to film for as long as it possibly could. Absolutely. Thank you very much Absolutely. for speaking to us and answering okay. our questions.
11: Thank you very much for your interest.
0: Hey, we're back. Glad to hear that Fuji is going to stay committed to making film. Uh, and the last interview that Vivian did was with Werner Mayen. Werner is the product manager, film capture, paper, and output systems for Kodak Germany. Let's roll it.
9: I'm now at the Kodak booth with Werner Mayen. Hello, how are you doing?
12: Oh, I'm fine.
9: So give us, um, I guess, a baseline. Where is the situation at now with the Kodak's mm. recent announcement? of um, selling of the division which includes
12: all its film materials. Mm. Yes, uh, so uh, I think everybody have heard in the news beginning of the year that Kodak is in uh, chapter 11 in the United States which means it's a possibility to do a restructuring of the whole company to become a profitable company again. And uh, the latest uh, announcements what we heard a few weeks ago before the Photokina show starts is that uh, Kodak is trying to sell the consumer business and the consumer business uh, means the traditional film and paper business which includes chemicals, the document imaging and the RSS business which is is the instant printing business. So those uh, parts from the consumer business should be sold and at the moment uh, they are waiting for offers which are coming from the market from different companies from uh, investors and uh, then they have to decide it will be a process uh, which uh, needs at least uh, the next nine to 12 months until a final decision was taken. And uh, then we will see uh, next year that there is another owner of the company or of the consumer business which continues anyway with the Kodak brand and with all the materials we have on the market. So that the film and paper products get still produced under the brand name Kodak but there is another company on the top.
9: So would the sale involve all the, the machinery, um, the way of making the films that you have at the moment, mm. to know how, what would it include?
12: So what I have heard is uh, that uh, Kodak are still doing the, the whole production on the materials, so on the films and uh, on the paper, which is located in Rochester, and another company who should sell those uh, the part of the company, so the film and paper business uh, have to uh, buy normally the materials from Kodak with a contract and uh, get also the permission to use the Kodak brand and uh, yes this is uh, my last knowledge uh, but Nobody knows what happened over the next few months, if uh, it is really the final decision or if there are any other changes, but I think we uh, will hear it in the news with uh, with the next announcements.
9: So in effect it's like they are buying a license as opposed to buying something completely with no link to the parent company.
12: Uh, Yes, at the moment it sounds uh, they are buying a license, especially to use the Kodak brand and to get the material which gets still produced from Kodak.
9: Have there been any interest? Do you know?
12: The last information we heard is that there are still a few uh, interested buyers, so the number in the room is about 20. So, uh, and then uh, it's not in my hand uh, with the decision, so this is coming from the top management. So, we have to wait, uh, let me say, beginning of next year until we uh, get further information what happened.
9: So, I guess the new films when it comes out, it will still have the Kodak brand on it? In that case. Yes,
12: absolutely, because it makes no sense to uh, discontinue the Kodak brand because it's a worldwide known brand. And uh, everybody, uh, when they see Kodak, it's uh, a comparison uh, to uh, images and also to films because everybody in the world knows this brand.
9: How much control will Kodak have on the quality of those products?
12: This is a um, question I can't answer it right now. Sorry about
9: Okay so we have to wait and see and maybe mm. in the next photokina or sometime next year we will have some more concrete answers to yes, those questions.
12: Sometimes next year we will have uh, more concrete information from the company.
9: I've been speaking to Fuji films and other smaller film manufacturers. Mm. I don't think they're interested so I think I'm not speaking to the right person. <laughs> <laughs> what sort of people would buy it?
12: I'm absolutely not sure because, as I said, it can be an investor, it can be another company. So we really have to weigh the final decisions from our top management.
9: What would be left of the parent company when it's sold off? I think I read it was concentrating on the printing market.
12: Yes, uh, the parent market is then the commercial market, which uh, includes the Nexpress and also the plates for the print industry. So this
9: is the professional printers, not your average consumer
12: desktop? Yes, yes. It's a big printing, so for bigger printing companies. So especially when I say Nexpress and uh, Prosper Technologies, these are the main products which Kodak like to continue then.
9: So it will be then afterwards what's left of the original Kodak is just going to be for trade market?
12: Yes, this is correct.
9: Previous to the decision to put the division with the films for sale, how has film sales been doing?
12: Uh, The film sales are doing uh, in this year very good. So when we compare the sales numbers uh, to 2011, then we see a declining uh, in the color reversal market. And uh, then uh, the stable market is... uh, color negative and a growing market in black and white. So we are seeing uh, positive signs in the market, especially on uh, color negative and uh, on the black and white films. So from that side, the signs what we see from the market are very, very positive.
9: So when you say a stable market, is it going up or is it going horizontally?
12: Uh, On the color negative, horizontal, and on the black and white, it's going up.
9: Because I spoke to Fuji Films earlier and he's been telling me that the film sales has been going down by 30%
12: per year. Yes, but mm-hmm. um, we have to see when Fuji Film and Kodak Films, yes, they're hero products. So, Fuji Films is very uh, strong on the color reversal market and uh, Kodak is uh, strong on the black and white and color negative. So, the decision what Kodak have done in 2012 is discontinue the color reversal films, which we have done in the first quarter. So Fuji is now the only uh, producer of color reversal films. And maybe it's also a reason why we uh, see those uh, stronger uh, sales in the black and white, because black and white is uh, more the Kodak market and not the Fuji market. This is uh, what we can say from Kodak side. Black and white is going up in a horizontal uh, line on the color negative films.
9: So that's the films. What about the papers and the chemicals?
12: Uh, Paper and chemicals is uh, still a little bit a declining market, so we uh, see also the effects from the digital uh, printing, uh, but it is anyway a very good market, so we have a big uh, portfolio on papers in our uh, booth here which we can show, so we have uh, also differences in consumer and uh, professional materials and the interest from the customers they visit us here on the booth is also very positive.
9: And the chemicals? Will we still be able to get the uh, Kodak chemicals? Is that being sold off with the films and the papers?
12: It gets sold off with the films and the papers. because one package? Yes, it's one package because it makes no sense to sell film and paper but no chemicals. So when a company produces film and papers, then they have to take care to have the chemicals too.
9: Okay, so we will not know until... Next year, as you say.
12: Yes, um, we have to wait the final decisions, which are normally first quarter of 2013, and then uh, all from us know more what happened with Kodak and with the total business on film and paper.
9: Thank you very much for speaking to me. We would, of course, be, everybody will be watching what happened with Kodak afterwards. We really like <laughs> Kodak films and products, so mm-hmm. we would love to see it continue, and hopefully the end product will be faithful to what it was.
12: Okay, thank you.
9: This is Vivian Lee at Photokina 2012. It's back to Michael and the rest of the gang in the FPP studio.
0: Uh, Vivian, thank you very much. I Really, I cannot give Vivian enough thanks to the time, energy awesome. spent to go to Cologne, Germany, to, and to like, get these interviews. Mm-hmm. So that you could potch up everybody's name. <laughs> <laughs> so that we could share with all the FPP listeners around the world, which is very important to...
4: This is like the Academy Awards for... Absolutely. You know, that level of...
0: Yes. Intensity. I mean, we can't get to Photokina, so... Yeah.
4: No red carpet, but a lot right. of good stuff coming
0: out. FPP listener Nanoburger, yeah, also was at Photokina. Was he really? Yes, he was. No way. And he recorded an interview with Film Rescue. Oh. They oh, yeah. process oh. uh, odd... What are some of the odd E6? Before E6, there was... Oh, it's that weird one you got the other day. E-22. Or what was that? Was E-2. E-2. Oh, okay. Yeah, all, the,
6: E2 or uh, all the... C-22. C-22. Yeah, C-22. C-22 of yeah, that. Yeah. I ruined a couple
0: of rolls of that. Yep. yep that yeah. So if you, if you buy a camera and there's a of film in it, you'll open it up and be like, you know, process C-22. So Send it to these guys. Nano Burger, our good friend Nano Burger, he's Nano Burger on Flickr, by the way. If you go to Flickr, type in Nano and. A&O Burger. Okay, here's uh, the interview.
1: Uh,
5: hello, we are here at the Film Rescue booth at uh, Photokina 2012, and we are speaking with... Frank
13: Brunschma.
5: Okay, and could you give us a, a short synopsis of uh, what your uh, company does?
13: Yes, we are specialists in processing all dated movie film processing and still and mo- still motion picture film processing. So we do um, everything that is outdated, like Kodachrome, Agfa Movie Chrome, or uh, in still film, uh, disk film, we can process. So it's really analog film processing we do. We um, are specialists in that, that's our main aim, is to get some images out of your films. And out of 90% of the films that we process, we do get images out of it.
5: Uh, you mentioned uh, Kodachrome. Uh, do you do the original Kodachrome process, or you do your processes in black and white?
13: We process it in black and white because the original process is gone, as you might know, it has stopped. Um, also because of environmental reasons, but Kodak doesn't make the uh, color dyes anymore, so it wouldn't even be possible to process it as a color film anymore. Um, but we managed to, um, for all the Kodachrome films there are, because new Kodachrome films can be processed very easily yourself in black and white, but the old Kodachrome films are very difficult to get images out of. Uh, we have managed to make a processing system that also processes the old Kodachromes into
5: black and white
13: and get good images.
5: Seems like you do a lot of standard formats. Do you do any uh, uh, unusual formats uh, such as cut sheet film? No, we uh,
13: mainly do the, the normal, usual things like uh, 126, 127 roll film, 120 roll film, the disc film, the Super 8 formats, uh, 16 millimeter films. That's the main thing that we do.
5: Uh, okay, well, what would be the, the oldest um, piece of film that you guys successfully recovered? That's a good question. Do you know that,
13: Corey? The um, most, the oldest yes, one we did? Here we've got some stuff uh,
14: manufactured in 1931, uh, and it was shot in the, in the 30s. Uh, I have seen stuff that we've developed as, uh, from the tw- late 20s, early 1930s, and, and we get that stuff in quite often. Uh, occasionally we will get footage, World War II footage in, where we'll get, it'll be like the bomber camera on a, on a bomber. Uh, and we have had, one or two times, we have successfully managed to develop that, even, even that film is turned out. But a lot of the time it's, yeah, the majority of what we get probably falls in the 60s to 70s, 1960s to 70s. But we do get a lot uh, from, from, you know, 40s, 30s as well. But this is Greg here. He actually is the owner, and he actually will be able to tell you a lot more about some of the processes and things that we do as well. Uh, well, before we leave you, what's your name, please? My name's Corey Rennebaum.
5: Hi, and uh, you are? I'm Greg, Greg Miller. And the, the owner, uh,
8: operator? Uh, <laughs> Myself and my girlfriend run the company, yes.
5: Oh, great, great. Uh, we we learned a lot about the company and what they what they do. Uh, what would you say would be your average uh, uh, job that you've done?
8: The average job is it's usually I don't know how much Corey has talked to you about it yet, but we don't worry. Can repeat. Okay. <laughs> Most often it's people after someone in the family dies they clean up the estate and they will find old film when they clean up the estate and the processes have either changed or the film is so far expired that it's very important that you just not process it in normal c41 chemical anymore if you intend to sell something off the film so we specialize in taking these films salvaging something from them and with still film we don't charge unless we get an image off of it so we have a motivation to get something off of the film
5: And what would you say the percentage of time that uh, you get a a usable image off the film?
8: We divide it into, the way we talk about it is recognizable. Uh, To get something that's recognizable is around 90% of the time that we will get something recognizable off of a very old expired film. Most of the expired film we get in is at least 20 years old, but increasingly we're getting expired film in... uh, Seven, eight, nine years old, where people find it and they realize that the images are very important and they're willing to pay a bit extra to get the job done properly.
5: Uh, do you find as uh, kind of the years go on and the World War II aged folks are, are uh, uh, dying that uh, people are finding their film and bringing it in for processing?
8: I've been doing this for about 20 years now and We expected it to trail off like the really vintage film from the 40s and the 50s to get less and less of it. It doesn't decline at all. We just get more, and it seems like we get more all the time. Like our every year since we opened our business, the amount of work has increased. And uh, yeah, from we get no less film from the 1950s now than we did 20 years ago. It seems like.
5: Uh, wow! It sounds like uh, most mostly it's uh, individuals doing it. But uh, do you have uh, uh, governmental contracts as well?
8: Uh, we've done. Uh, we do a lot of museum work. We've done work for the Smithsonian Institute and for various museums, mostly around the United States. The bulk of the work is family work, and it's, it's all fun stuff to do. We, we love our job because <laughs> we're opening time capsules for a living. Because we don't know what the heck we're going to get coming off of the film and. Yeah, it it's fun work. But so far as government we don't we don't have a lot of repeat customers because usually it's they find it and they don't find more in the future. But we do have a certain number of um photo finishers who do use this on a regular basis and they themselves kinda of get a reputation as someone who will take in old film for processing. What what's
5: what's the most um Interesting or surprising image that you recovered from a film, if you can uh, uh, remember anything.
8: Well, we get tons of Vietnam stuff. We have a poster up here just of Vietnam footage, and all the time we're getting Vietnam stuff. Uh, What we have in our walls is this one is also it doesn't you don't you're just recording me so it's hard to describe, (laughs) but this one over here is from the 1930s that we had stuff from Australia. When we get stuff from the 30s. And even the 1920s where we're able to pull something off that's always exciting because it's interesting to think that someone almost 100 years ago that got out their camera ca- taking a picture was a very special thing at that time a long time ago you, you didn't take pictures like you took now and if you had a camera it, it was a big deal to get the family together and take a picture so it's exciting to think that someone 80 years ago got their camera out Took a pose, the people to take a picture, and then the film just sits forever, and and we get to be the first ones that look at it. That's really exciting for us. Uh, and we have one. There's one picture we have over on our wall here. Uh, the the first picture is on Kodachrome from the 1940s, probably, and then. Further on in the role, there's a picture taken in the 1970s, (laughs) and then we developed the film in the year 2012. So we called that Brian's Time Traveling Camera because Brian was our client, and it was interesting to see that someone took a couple pictures, put the camera away for 30 years, and someone pulled the camera out and took a few more pictures, put the camera away again, and then sent us the film 40 years after that.
5: Uh, If someone wanted to uh, send a role to you, how would they uh, get in contact with you?
8: Go to onlinefilmrescue.com. We have a location, the lab is in Canada, we have a US depot, and we also now have customer service in uh, the Netherlands and Den Haag. So you would send it to whatever location is closest to you.
5: And we heard a little something about your pricing structure that you don't really uh, have to pay unless you're able to recover an image.
8: Still film and motion picture film are different. With still film, yeah, if we don't recover an image, we don't charge you anything. We also put the pictures online and you can download them directly to avoid return shipping charges. You can also order further restoration done to your picture or larger megapixel images as well if you want to have something larger for printing off.
5: Outstanding. Well, uh, probably the most important uh, question I have is uh, do you have any
8: really expired film to give away today? (laughs) We don't have any expired film that I know of to give away today, but we do give it away. So if you go to our Facebook site, it's filmrescue.com, and we get customers who send us in film that we—it's obviously not exposed—and we will give those away. If you go to our Facebook site, Robin, who manages our Facebook site, is always having little contests for giving old expired film away, because people still shoot, we still get people who want to shoot expired film now to get a specific look, and we're also very happy to answer people's questions if they're going to buy some expired film, is that a good one to buy, or is that not a good one to buy, because certain brands and certain types within the brands have stood up much better over time than other, than other types of brands, so we're always happy to answer those questions
5: Is there any advice you could give a, a home developer if they find a really old... Uh...
8: Uh, roll of film. Uh, besides sending it to you, send it to us. We <laughs> we 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 keep our formulas very close to us because we're only as good as our formulas. If we start giving out our formulas, we don't have a business anymore. It, so we 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 do keep our secret uh, keep our formulas proprietary. We will if someone has an old roll and they are just shooting it now and they're just wanting to experiment with it. We can give ballpark advice. Well you know, process kind of like you'd process TriAx. That's not how we would do it, but you're probably, with that film, you could probably still salvage something off it with that process.
5: So my uh, D-76 for, for everything uh, is probably not a good idea. We use
8: no D-76 <laughs> at all in any process. So.
5: Well, well, thank you so much for your time today. Again, it's uh, filmrescue.com is where you can find all the information.
8: Yeah.
0: Hey, we're back. Thanks a lot, Nano Nanoburger. Thank you, Vivian. This this, this concludes our Photo our Lomo Kino mm-hmm. section. Yeah. Our Photo Kina section.
3: Lomo Nemo. Uh, yeah. <laughs> finding Kino. Of the
0: podcast.
3: Finding Nemo. Finding Kino. <laughs>
0: you see, it takes me one show to get warmed up. God, it does. Uh-huh. Yeah, one show and three uh,
4: cans of oh, elite, cappuccino. And then three mm-hmm. weeks to edit
0: it. <laughs> Breaking News.
11: Go to your family's basements, your family's attic, drawers. Turn things upside down and look for your family's 110 film camera.
0: Yep, 110 film is back. The Film Photography Store is now stocking fresh 110 film. And if you don't have a camera, 110 new and vintage cameras. That's right, filmphotographystore.com. Support the FPP. Check out, try, revitalize your interest in 110 film. 110 film is back. You thinking about trying it? You've never shot 110? Now's the time to do it. FilmPhotographyStore.com We're carrying the new Lomography, the Orca 110 Black and White. That's 100 ASA, 110 film. The Lomography Tiger, Tiger 200 film. That's 200 ASA color film. And the Fugatsu, 400 color film. That's 400 ASA color film. Never, ever, ever would I have thought that 2012 would have brought such awesome new 110 film stocks. Now's the time to check it out. Filmphotographystore.com. It helps the FPP. Very appreciative of all the folks that have been to the Film Photography Store over the last year. We're celebrating our one year anniversary of having our online store. Please do check it out. Thank you very much. Yeah. Hey, what a time to read a letter Hey let's yeah. have a I got this a bunch of them great right oh. A lot of
4: Polaroid questions yeah. <gasps> I
0: just want to say thank you for the excellent camera I received oh, this? oh, eBay buyer This person, Jay Green Bought a camera from the FPP eBay store mm-hmm. um, I just want to say thank you for the excellent camera I just received some 100C in the mail And went out and took a few shots Everything turned out perfect you, Wow, perfect. lucky man what? That's yeah. one great thing about the automatic land cameras yeah. I mean, I they, they just the work Yeah they work. They work yeah. excellent. This is my first 100 series land camera. It hasn't disappointed me yet. As my other ones always seem to get banged up in the post, throwing off both the range and the viewfinders. We packed the stuff very well. I'm a big fan of the podcast. And can't wait for the next one, that's this one right now, to come out. If you guys have the time, I enjoy a nice YouTube video showing the camera masses about the hip and cool Polaroid Swinga 3000. Swinga. Oh, the Swinga. oh, the Swinga. This is not the first person to ask about the Swinger 3000. It's because they're everywhere. Aren't yeah, they? yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah there, there are a lot of them. If you look for them, if you know what to look for. Yeah, sure. yeah. Mostly the Swinger 20 is what you don't want. Right.
1: Right. Took the, the old roll. R- old roll yeah, no, no, no. Mm. Yeah. You
0: want the Polaroid Big Swinger 3000. That take, it says, a lesser known, but still awesome. Some say it's swinging, LOL. It's a swinging pack camera from the 60s. Nobody says that. They say looks can be deceiving, but this is surely the case. And when it comes to the Swinger 3000, great, cheap camera that produces some lovely black and whites. Thanks again, Jay Green.
4: And Can I read a letter? Speaking of what you just said about his camera being uh, tossed around in the post. Yes. This is from Mike Demagal. He says I have a Polaroid 100 land camera and it's in great shape I use it all the time the focus slider is a little stiff hard to move is there any way to adjust the focus slider or is it okay to put oil on it
3: uh, yeah I would say juice it up a little just a <laughs> tiny drop of oil on any of those little pivot points that move on the on the armature and That'll definitely loosen it up a lot. That'll a little dab will do you, might No, I t- the pain
6: method, which really? <laughs> is you just Just while exercise. Dri- while driving.
3: <laughs> yeah, while driving. <laughs> <laughs> just exercise. Find yeah. yourself a car. Yeah. Until you start to see. <laughs> oh, I, I, no. I usually oil them up. I, I like my I like my land cameras when you when you unlock them that the bellow just pops out and locks Whing. itself open. That's that's oh. what I go for. Ooh, poop shots! <laughs> you got Polaroid potato chips? <laughs> 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 all right, <laughs> all right, Bake not fried. Uh, we'll, we're the, gonna get this in a minute. Your, your we'll favorite gothy
0: snack? Since we have so many, this is Polaroid instant pop shots. Uh, Leslie sent me this
1: pop shots. I have to tell you, I'm scared. Yeah,
0: and God, seen God, that?
2: Pop I've pop never eaten one of those. Ones. I've never Some seen an
0: this, this is weird.
1: It is. It's pork flavored, but.
3: That is the weirdest... Th- All right, you gotta,
2: somebody It's gotta a disposable
1: that. Polaroid camera. Oh, it is? It's it got, is.
3: It's got a mail-in rebate on the front. It does, yes. and get four See so when
1: disposable cameras become very big. <laughs> so what's in here? What's yeah. in there? 2012? I'm going
3: to go with camera.
1: There is a camera in there with ten shots of Captiva, Captiva 500 film. No and when, way. You, when you finished them, you sent the camera back. It was a disposable Polaroid camera. You're kidding. i do yes. not Oh, following. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I would I'm not. not. Would not. I wouldn't open it? No. You can open it. You sent it so I could open it, Absolutely.
3: Right? No, what are you doing? Don't open it.
1: Don't no, open, no, it. open it, open 95
0: and then and
2: then you it's ruined gas, the value. value. Gas comes out. Oh, it's
0: like a yeah. uh, Polaroid... Um, no. Um, the,
2: the Go? The Joy... The Joy... Joy Cam. Yeah, the Joy Cam. cam. The, yeah, the, the, Joy cam. Oh. the set cam. Oh. Yes,
1: look at that. Now, why do you send it back? Because it's one shot. Expo- you can only plastic. take one
2: picture with it and you have to Ten. send it back?
1: Just about as bad. Ten. <laughs> Click. Okay, put it in the mail. Because disposable cameras
3: were big. It's a little reminiscent of the... uh, Look at the priority mail. ...of the, uh, what do you you call it? Too confused. uh, The swinger. Wow. (laughs) It's like a...
0: (laughs) What happened? The film is so rare. I can't believe I I effed up that shot.
2: Oh, you didn't turn it on? I don't know what I'm doing.
3: Focus it. Mm-hmm. All right.
2: Everybody
0: just hold, stop light what went on, you're light doing. Went on.
3: Light went on. Light went on. Uh-oh. In the back, on the back. On the back. Where's the lens? We have we have three seconds to insert the code before it's <laughs> it's, Yeah. Does it Self come with keys? comes with keys, stop right? the red wire. Number one, select sun. Number two, ga- gouge your eye out. Number three, push the button. I don't know. You push, push the wait. button. You sleep. Mike, I'm going to take your picture. Oh, nothing Wait. Happened. The button stayed down.
0: I don't think he's ready.
1: Do you know how to use this, Leslie? I don't. I I've treasured 11? mine so much I never took them Can out of the bag. 11? What are we gonna do,
0: Mark?
3: Number four.
0: Maybe the batteries are dead. Needs batteries.
1: <laughs> Shouldn't it's a disposable first. camera. That's Don't pull that all the way out. Okay, or Mike. it will be a one shot. Here's
4: a question real quick from Ross Tungashi. He says just sure. thought of something to complement this up, blog project. It's upside down.
2: Oh, there hey, you there you go. Oh, I'm sorry, John,
0: start over. All
4: right. This is letters from Ross oh. Tagashi. He's in Honolulu. Indeed.
1: Good he it. is Honolulu. I'm Honolulu. with you, John. Go ahead, hon. Honolulu. You. Thank you,
4: thank you, Leslie. Yes. Just thought of something. Uh, just thought of something to complement this blog project. Would you also consider donating an FPP Debonair camera to the oh. cause? I don't the of course. Debonair camera to his cause. I'll modify it to a pinhole. Oh, oh. 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 I send it to him I sent hey. it to him. Oh, okay, good.
0: Yeah, good. Yeah. Great. We had a pop shots camera. Yes. Just so people listening at home know what's going on. Yes. We had a Pop Shots camera that had Polaroid 500 film in it.
4: Yes. Did somebody call me on Pops,
0: <laughs> which is <laughs> which is also known as the Sinbad film. Shot me. <laughs> yes. Uh, it came preloaded with the film. Yes. And wh- honestly Leslie, I never the, the campaign is so who thought this up? They're crazy. I don't
1: know. They were when you're done with the camera,
0: afterwards. they sent you a priority mail envelope in with it. And you drop the camera in the mail. I guess yes. in the factory they would reload they it. They would reload it, exactly. Mark wants to make an
2: instructable out of it.
4: <laughs> wants to open it up and see what's inside. I'm going to make a pinhole out
2: of it. <laughs> there you go. Make a pinhole out of you. Hey, Mike. Shouldn't you do that in hey. the dark bag? Mike. Just in case <clears throat> there is film? Do that face
0: again. Well, <laughs> to the we know there's film. <laughs> yes, John.
4: There's a guy who writes in R.W. Uh, Guzzetti. John's been trying so hard <laughs> to squeeze his <laughs> letters. I'm, I'm trying to keep you guys on point. He's trying to keep okay. Okay. focused mad, here. Yeah. Mad. Yeah. He said, "I recently saw your video on scanning the negative from a Fuji 300B uh, film on YouTube. I tried it, and all I got was a black
2: rectangle. Scanned wrong side." <laughs> 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 <laughs>
3: i t- say try taking a picture of a white r- rectangle it- next time <laughs> <laughs> and then try that. You
4: tried to do it in Photoshop. How do you get an image in Photoshop when you just scanned <laughs> the one side of the negative? Um, Hold on. This make is sure going to take another hit of cappuccino to think.
3: Without, without knowing what scanner or such, uh, make sure, because I do this sometimes on the Epson uh, V whatever we have, 700. Uh, the ring. Uh, make sure you switch it over to scan a reflective negative, yep. not a transparency yes. negative. Yep. Because you need the mm-hmm. light to come on.
1: Yep. Treat it like a print. Really? He's treating it yep. like a
0: negative. And yes. he has the scanner set up as a Oh, negative. that's probably yeah. what it it's is. It's not they a negative. Make... It's a print. Yeah. What do you know? First, you wow, scan like, nice work. You have to scan it like a print.
3: <laughs> Sherlock <that>. Rosso. <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs> We're brilliant. Uh, okay. Uh, hey, guys. Love the podcast. And all that you're doing to support the film. Who's this? Feed? Who's this? Who is it? Who are we Community? hearing from? Oh, it's from uh, Kevin Duckett. Pronounced Duckett. <laughs> Like, oh. <laughs> Jesus! Now we know it. He over. knew when he grew up. Now that he's choosing. All the, right, this uh, may be a silly question, but here it goes. I want to try and shoot some Ilford Delta 3200 mm-hmm. black and white film in my Lomo Kino. Mm-hmm. I understand that normally, mm-hmm. when using this film, uh, a standard 35 SLR, you would set the film speed on the t- on the camera to 3200 and have the lab push. Mm-hmm. process the film since Lomo Kimo doesn't have any way of setting the film speed how should I have the lab process Lomo the
0: Kino film? John not Kimo
4: I didn't say Kimo you
0: said Lomo Kimo yeah, yeah, yeah there you uh,
4: go I said since oh! Lomo chemo doesn't have any uh, film speed settings how should I have the lab <laughs> process my what's film what's this gentleman's name this is from Kevin
0: Duckett. My approach to Lomo Kino is very linear and very boring. Uh, you know, I, 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 know it's, uh, the, I know the shutter speed is 1 100th of a second. I know I have, I have three f-stops. Mm. So I, I choose a film accordingly. So if I'm going outside, it's broad daylight, I'm just going to use 100-speed film. The fact that you want to use 3200 ASA film, which wow. I've never done, uh, either you use a light meter or a meter app and then you just do a calculation of one 100th of a second.
4: Whatever f-stop it's yeah. comes closest to.
0: <clears throat> I've never asked a lab to push or pull film either, so there's a million ways. There's many ways to do this. can shoot and then get a lab to push or pull. I always, I just expose what the box says, and I get the lab just to process. Mm-hmm. I've never... You want to
4: be bothered with math.
0: I don't want to be bothered with math, and I think that, for example, shooting 3200 ASA in a Lomo Kino...
3: Well, it's just—I mean—you're shooting
2: at it's the just same one hundred as, as if it was 100. Yeah.
3: You're shooting at five stops faster. Oh.
2: So, so if you're shooting 3200 at one one hundredth, what's the, uh, the aperture on that thing?
0: But if you—oh, uh, let's say you have f five, six, eight, or eleven.
2: Okay, so five. Six but if you're shooting outside at night, in here, any store lights are going to be blown out. Mm. Yeah. But that might be cool.
0: Let's say you're shooting right here. Good. good. We're yeah. in the studio. We're lit, but not it's dimly you know, lit. Or, yeah, you know, moderate. Yeah,
2: like I mean, it. even in here, uh, you would need. 120th of a second at five 6 so at 3200. That's actually pointing at the table, though. At 3200? So. 3, at 3200. It's pretty slow. So, yeah,
3: you, so even in here it would.
2: But if I go up a little higher, more towards the wind, yeah, 130th of a second, so you're not going <laughs> to. You're not, you're not going to get. You'd have to have like a 2.8 to shoot in here at 3200 without a flash.
0: So you need more light in here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, you definitely need some kind of light meter.
2: Yeah. Just to run a check. Just
0: you have an idea where you're going to shoot and what you need. You'll need to. Yeah, you need to light accordingly.
3: I mean, this this was the way that I used to shoot. Was I would always get the fastest film I could possibly shoot, and then if I'm shooting somewhere bright, I throw a bunch of ND filters in front of the lens. So you could do it that way too. If he wants to do some stuff in, you know, at dusk, you can shoot with 3200, and then the next day, take the, you know, put some ND filters on and five stops of ND and it'll shoot the same or whatever
0: and you have another letter to on the I, I
4: have uh, one for Mark okay it says uh, Miss Merv hmm. who is Mary Virginia mm-hmm. she says uh, I've been really enjoying the podcast very much except for Mark Dalzell. when is he getting Oh, no. uh, what although He's listening getting is, getting is going is to be he getting terrible getting the boot <laughs> yeah there you go thank you although listening is going to be terrible for my already full blown <clears throat> case of gas
2: <sighs> LOL oh boy
4: I think the episode with the Mercury was the first or second I'd listened to. Oh, I actually have two Argus C3s, but I think I like the Mercury better. I just had to repair one of the C3s after broke after shooting outside in cold weather. Now I'm paranoid about the temperature and that it has something to do with it, and it's below freezing here for about eight, nine months of the year. Oh, my God. So not looking good for using it much. What do you like, Mercury or the Argus? You think she just got a bum Argus because she's afraid the temperature had something to do with breaking her camera
3: because
4: um, it's below freezing. Yeah, it's possible. The, the grease, right?
3: Yeah, the grease. The grease could harden up again and, with the grease. And yeah, and you know, again, those those cameras are both that old old generation <laughs> yep. that, the, that the focus is, rings freeze up. Mine doesn't
2: even like to turn for the you know, it's still really hard to turn. And
3: yeah, so you got to so. soak it in the alcohol. My both of my Arguses, both my C 3s when I got them, I completely disassembled them down to their gears and cleaned them, put them back together, and they're smooth. Both. Two if years. you don't do that, all the years of grease and junk will will freeze up. Yeah, and actually, I, I did I I did uh, chat a bit with Miss Merv online. She's um, uh, she's up in oh, I'm blanking on the name of it. South Pole. Resolute. No, she's at, she's in Alaska, but she's at basically the northernmost Sitka. habitable chunk. No, I mean not Sitka she's of the world. Thousands of miles north of Sitka, she's in the middle mm. of nowhere, and Good she has God. these amazing pictures of uh, like. Snow and ice. Snow and a ice. A thousand miles above the Arctic Circle. Yeah, really cool wow. kind of stuff. And, uh, and, and she and I things. have been chit-chatting on Mercury 2's. Mm-hmm. Well, there
10: you go. I got a letter yeah.
4: for you. It says, many thanks for your amazing vids on YouTube. They've all oh, been very girl. helpful. Recently, I got into the whole Polaroid thing. Got myself an SX-70 sonar and a few push films. However, all the push films came out ra- rarely ever producing any color or very few and kept getting segregated into three, which means... My whole picture looks like it has three sections to it. Yep, I see that. So it has two very clear lines. I don't know if it's the film or if it's the camera. Hence, a few questions. I open my mouth, you guys talk. Wait a minute. Hence, wait for the hence. (laughs) Hence, a few questions. Yes. Uh, Are you good with push? Any ideas (laughs) how to get get a real proper color photo? Oh, I thought it was personal.
0: Okay, well, uh, Impossible Push Film is the first generation of color film Mm -hmm. they put out. And it was, uh, as a matter of fact, if you go into the archive FPP, the interview with Flor- Florian Caps, mm-hmm. there's some colors missing. It isn't. E- it isn't even a full color process. Mm. It looks like uh, it's like one color. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's mono color. It's there's almost no color to the film, and it's a very experimental film. And it was quickly replaced with so the you- color shade first flush.
3: But that, okay. the, that's the three uh, the three vertical stripes. I've heard is because there there are three pods. Pods. And so each of those pods develops
2: uh, that's a that's where that comes so from. Oh, okay.
0: Streaks, Leslie, yeah. what are pods in Polaroid film?
1: They're little envelopes that have... Chemistry? Chemistry in them. They have okay. a little bit of plastic liner to them, very thin, and a foil liner, and it keeps everything fresh mm-hmm. until they get squeezed.
2: Yeah, the rollers. By the rollers. <laughs> yeah. Squeezed they by the rollers. Gel. But cleaning your rollers on the... Pack film and, and on the other film that would work and help yeah, a little clean your rollers clean your rollers this gentleman your rollers. do not
0: expect uh, first of all y- mm. y- you're being amazingly underexposed overexposed and I, there's no mention of him shielding the image, mm. uh, oh, good image. It. so that early yes. film the reason he has almost no image it's almost completely white is because it's being overexposed it's a highly experimental film when you do have an image it's still very faint mm. so
4: okay here's another question oh. what black and white film should I use for the SX-70
1: only what qu- there's only one silver shade mm-hmm. silver shade which is nice really nice film it's like beautiful yeah.
0: as of summer 2012 it was the silver shade uh, cool.
1: cool yes cool. beautiful image it is beautiful <laughs> what, what is this is this what
0: film is
2: this that is the uh, old generation uh, brown bag this is a radio
1: yes i have one yeah. of course oh, i'm sure it has a million of them. <laughs> one to show one to go
2: and the credit card everything This is Rock and Roll Radio. Come on, let's rock and
12: roll
2: with the remote. It's actually really loud.
8: It's
2: the best part.
0: Polaroid Packin'. Radio, if you go to uh, eBay, Polaroid 600 Radio, it takes an old oh, film pack. It powers
3: it up. Remember these?
0: Yeah.
7: yeah.
3: Mm-hmm. Works great. Great for the end times
7: They had great promo items like that And it
3: actually came with a a battery pack adapter in it Yes Which which is kind of cool Mm
10: -hmm. So So you can take that
3: around to flea markets and test
2: cameras Yeah, 4C It came with one of the four double A's You could actually, you know, throw that in
3: Yep
4: John, yes? Um do I answer all this gentlemen's questions? Uh, what's, what's the difference between the 1000 and the 1000s? No, Two thousands. s. And, oh. <laughs> what's gen- the difference between the 1000 and the 1000s, 2000, 2000s, and what is the American market name for the Polaroid Land 2000
0: in the U.S.? Ah, well, these are... Good question. Th- mm. th- 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 it's a one-step rainbow in it's England. one-step rainbow. And the 2000, yes. if I'm not mistaken, is the time zero, the black... Oh, yes. Rainbow. Mm-hmm.
4: And what is the Polaroid Review?
0: Sounds like a sh- what show? No. <laughs> <laughs> the Polaroid Review. 420. The Polaroid oh, Review is
1: a sonar-focusing
4: SX-70 One Step. It was called the One Step. Sonar One Step in the U.S. It's
0: called the Polaroid, Polaroid Review. Do
1: you know the difference here, between a Polaroid right and a right. Oh, look at that! Yes. And, 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 and. <laughs> My answers
0: are here. The answers were there the, the whole seat. time. The Polaroid review is a sonar focusing autofocus SX-71 step. It's called the Sonar One Step in the U.S.
7: Yeah, it might be Another the solid. version BC. Might.
1: Oh, BC, yes. Don't you know BC is uh, Kmart version. No way. Yeah, BC was really? the Kmart version. Oh, cool. I see. They also made Essie's. Where's your
4: used pile? Right here. Uh, I just got my first camera off of eBay, a Ricoh XR2. Ricoh. It looks to be in very nice shape, but uh, after I got new batteries for it, I got a bit worried. The light meter needle just shuttered. Most of the time, it didn't even leave its It's resting place. Also, the shutter only worked in bulb and the electric bypass mode for low battery photography. He twiddled and tweaked, turned every knob, pressed every button, but it just wouldn't come to life. Oh. I took it for a lost cause and decided to take it apart to see if there was something obvious that was wrong with it, like a loose wire. The electrical bits didn't look too complicated, but the mechanical bits were way more complicated than I imagined, so I put it back together. Then I remembered... (laughs) <laughs> then I remembered what you had said on the show. What show? About waking dead Polaroids, cleaning the battery compartments, and getting rid of a Compartment looked fine, but I scraped gently on the connectors to make them shiny again, and suddenly everything worked. You saved my camera from going uh, to the bin. Uh, so that's my favorite did, repair types. See, this is this is something I would do. Take the whole frigging camera apart, mm-hmm. and then put it back together, only to find out that it's one of the yes. first things you should have checked needed to be done which is yes. just cleaning the battery
0: mm-hmm. so
4: there you go it's from Wilhelm
0: okay thank you Wilhelm
4: okay uh, I just found a Polaroid SX-70 one step land camera and I bought new film for it from the impossible project I put the cartridge in to see if it worked it spit out the black protective layer first so I thought it would work but then when I got to snap a picture it clicks but no film is processed or spit out mm, do you have any suggestions do you have one of those problem? Mark one of those doing that?
3: Yeah, I have something similar to that. I, uh, hey, this is from Sergeant. I know. I was looking at that. Justin Carano. At F-22 Munition Storage. Whoa. So don't, don't, don't hang out don't, with that better guy. better answer this question. No
4: flash photography Which, around the munitions. He has a
0: <laughs> SX-70 one-step? One-step land
4: camera.
3: <laughs> I have a sonar SX-70 sonar that... Uh, folder or no folder? Folder. And when you shoot the picture, the mirror snaps up. And then it just freezes, mm. and I have to actually open the, the film door and close it back to reset it. Like, the, yeah, it's just bad connection somewhere or a dirty connection, and mm. I can't. But then when he
2: takes pictures with no film in it, it's, it works fine. Yeah.
3: Yeah, or yeah, you know, it works It great right with an empty pack, empty pack but as yeah. soon as I put pick a pack arm. of film in it. Is it
1: not the again. pick arm then?
3: I haven't gotten into it yet. I have another SX-70 mm-hmm. that I use. I mm. just, I would like to get the sonar one working. Pulls there. the film, pulls it out. Oh, yeah. Oh. Well, no, the mirror is actually getting stuck up. I know. Up. So there's
2: something mm-hmm. funny. Maybe it gets stuck up because the pick arm's not coming in and taking mm-hmm. the film out. Uh, mm-hmm. Let's all just talk about stuff that we don't have no idea.
3: I think yeah. it's the flux capacitor. It's probably not charging fully.
4: you got to take that thing to 88 miles per
2: hour before it's going to take Get a new
3: DeLorean
4: gigawatt. Mm-hmm. Uh, here's an interesting a letter. One two, one two two this is from Stephen Foon. He says, "Thank you for your reply." Bubba. I got my hands on my childhood camera, Polaroid Super Color Pack, shooting Fuji Film 300B, loving every minute minute of it. I also got the SLR 690. One thing that might be a good future post for everyone: a possible a nice project a film. Yeah. 690. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Hey, pay attention, Mike. 690. You don't, you don't hear
0: about 690
4: no, very often. No, you do often.
1: not. <laughs> Uh,
4: but he says, uh, oh, I Impossible for the 700.
1: Impossible project
4: film where people get the snowflake or dead spot on the film. Supposedly, the impossible project film is just a tad thinner than the old Polaroid film and the rollers don't make full enough contact towards the end of the film. Hence, the snowflake pattern. The fix. Apply light pressure, metal outside frame when taking the nah, picture. He's saying, <laughs> the fix for the snowflake or dead spot that, that metal, that box. iron-looking... There's a video from the Impossible Project to demonstrate how to fix that. How oh. yeah, oh, about another letter, John? What, you, what else? Who's that from?
3: This one's in red. It says,
4: <gasps> hey, Mr. Rasso. I just started shooting with my new Polaroid Land Camera 230 picked up from a thrift store today. Mm-hmm. I was shooting with some FP3000B that I bought from the FPP. You no know nice. me. And my You're images are not coming out right at all. Some were underexposed a lot. Some turned out fine. Some turned out very strange. (laughs) Hmm. Please define strange. Strange. There were pictures of people in my photo that weren't standing there when I took the camera. (laughs) It's very strange. I checked my film speed, and it was set to the right, ASA 3000. I was really stumped on how they turned out dark and didn't turn out at all. Here's the part that made me pretty upset. When I shot my sixth picture, the picture only exposed a quarter of the eight by ten centimeter square. Clean it was the rollers. Like the film had moved over to the very edge of the cartridge or something. I tried to shoot my subject again, thinking that it was just a dud. But when I pulled my tab and photograph out of the camera, three more prints came out with it. Oh. What the? It's from Ben Miller. Oh, Ben Miller. You can picture what I'm talking about because I'm really pissed, and most of all, I'm pissed off at you that no, you it would doesn't sell say that. does not say <laughs> 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 uh, I hope you can picture what I'm talking about Because I really want to know what went wrong For the pictures that didn't turn out I absolutely, or did turn out I absolutely love them And I'm hooked on Polaroid photography now What do you think? So why did you screw this? guy <laughs>
1: stay up? Uh, stomach punch <laughs>
2: Pack jam Oh, that's the worst, man That's rollers, why would though, right?
1: Actually, even why would three Sometimes you need to check those rollers Because, uh, yep. you know, they back out And then what what you start pulling everything out yep. um, Exposure-wise, too Did he Put a new battery in this. Mm-hmm.
4: Didn't say because you know they have a slight That's recharge
1: right. capability. You get a good one, the next one's yep nothing. Really?
0: yep. Oh
4: yeah.
1: yeah. What's yeah. that? Say that again. They have a slight re- <laughs> a slight recharge capability. A battery, you know, you drain it, let it set, it'll come back up a little bit. Is that you right? Get a shot absolutely. Ah. Then it just keeps going down and down and down and nothing.
0: You know, there are some <laughs> pack cameras that you maybe experience this. You guys, you shoot, it's fine. And then the next shot, the shutter just does the one click. Then next shot, I did it with a 420. I was like, click, 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 click.
3: Then it wasn't firing. Hmm.
0: Then I kept doing it. Then it was like intermittent. Was mm-hmm. Dirty,
3: Yeah, dirty contact. Mm-hmm. And also the thing that I, I had to learn too at the beginning was make sure you hold the button down until you hear the second click. Because if you're taking a picture oh. in a dark room and you let go of the button, it's going to be underexposed yeah. and therefore black.
2: I got a 100 lately. Polaroid 100 automatic yeah. land yeah, camera. Yeah, which is beautiful. Everything works great. New battery. and uh, But it will not it just doesn't stay open long enough when the uh. the it's got that i don't know if it's the the what did they what'd you say it was that the 250 there's like a photo cell that gets LDR. older yeah so the, uh <clears throat> no matter how you can cover it with your hand and it just goes click click instead of being like click you know like my other 420 right. i have works it great mm-hmm. same click same whatever same film uh so i don't know is that that's just effed? i guess i don't know
3: it's photo mean, cell, right? It's the, the photocell, cell. It's difficult to replace the photocell because it, it, nowhere in the world can you find out what the value of that original photocell oh, right. was, which is a pain. But um, what you can do is if you open it up, there is actually a little adjustment set screw in there that back at the factory, because the photocells varied within, even within one batch... Um, at the factory, they would fine tune the camera to get the, the cell working right. So you can go in and adjust that screw and adjust mm-hmm. your own timing. So if you have one that's running really slow, you can speed it up. or vice oh, okay. Versa. Um, I'm not, I'm, that. I'm pretty sure that would be on on all models. But that to do that, you have to take the front of your mm-hmm. lens off. What are you so going to do? Be good with a screwdriver.
2: I'll take the front off eventually and maybe if I, and try and find that screw and then give it a turn to try to take a picture see Where'd it you get it? uh flea market um, And then
3: the opposite of that is putting a piece of tape over your that's cell what we s- did with
2: joseph's because he had one that was shooting too, uh, too light yeah. it was staying open too much so we just put a piece of you know scotch tape over his cell and put it set it to all the way dark mm-hmm. and then I, and and actually worked great so
4: just experiment a little bit yeah but mm. try try with the battery first right i'd say
3: yeah, that's weird, and, and I knew not know what would pull out three at a time. That's
2: no. Joseph said that on his a lot too, and it was his rollers. I cleaned his rollers. Oh, okay. Yeah. And so uh, he was the first two packs he shot uh, with that with his two fifty. And I looked at his rollers; they were just I don't know white what... and he borrowed and... my two
3: fifty, and the and the, the next shot I took was like crusty. I don't know what he did with I, it. I, <laughs> he was it like storing eclairs <laughs> in my camera. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. That's right.
2: So we're talking
0: about a Polaroid automatic land camera is the one that used the, the peel type film. Crack and peel. And this gentleman, he's pulling out
2: and more than one comes well, out that and the Sandwich, like the worst. sandwich came out like Read all sorts that. of stuff came yeah. out yeah. sandwich have
1: thing. you had any problems Leslie in, in your whole I saw all of this come in the store all the time uh. people come in like all. Oh. Oh, oh my yeah. God. What He's am I going to do? 15 just came out in one, well, yeah, 10 right. came out. Yeah, are right. people yeah. upset because they're, they ruined <laughs> their pack? <laughs> yeah, which is really amazing. You
2: put too many in. Yeah. People are upset.
0: Uh, upset sure, are. Yeah, yeah.
1: Although a lot of times we would replace the film and then Polaroid would collect it from us and replace it to us. Mm. Oh. So it's was very goodwill. And Polaroid then decided to make it a consumer issue and they introduced <laughs> SE cameras. Which is? Special edition. Oh. No. You notice some cameras are messy, and some aren't? Yes. It's the same camera. They just changed the faceplate on it and gave you a five-year warranty hmm. and said, if you collect 10 bad pictures, we will replace hmm. them. Oh, how about
0: that? Hmm. Yeah. The gentleman who bought a Polaroid 104 from the FPP store and a pack of FP100C, yeah, and he sent me a letter just like that, all sorts of... Oh. St- I talked There's to some- him for 30 minutes on it sounds like. You recorded the call? The villagers are <laughs> revolting. <laughs> so I talked to him on the phone for half an hour, walked through it, made a YouTube video for him, the newest um. one, and I sent him a free pack. <laughs> 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 what is this called? I don't know. Sounds like Smooth Sailor. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs>
4: Where
2: do you find these? I just searched Google. The Google. Google.
1: It's called. Oh.
2: Anything like angry mob sound effect.
1: Excuse me, sir. Can you hold?
0: <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, yeah.
1: That one's long. All the ones I ever searched <laughs> for last for
4: like 10 seconds, 8 seconds. I have no one idea. goes on for a day.
0: So when you first start using the Polaroid automatic land camera, Do some pretty, basic maintenance. It's yeah, great. you sure. definitely do. Yeah.
3: You, you have to. You have to buy an extra pack that you just oh, yeah. sacrifice. You know it. Just to get to used to use it. it.
0: Yeah. Also the ripping tabs.
2: Oh jeez. Mm. Yes. You got to yes. get that feel, and you get out of practice on that. I haven't shot you pack don't. in a while, and I, I the other day I went to pull, and I was like, ah, rah, 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 and then I just ripped it. Yeah, ripped yeah. it, oh, to go. No. Mm.
1: We're
0: gonna talk about cameras real quick. You guys are always here. Leslie is not. Yeah. So we should talk about Leslie's right. cameras. Like like
1: that that. This this is super. This oh, is called. A Graphic 35. Uh-huh. Look at this that. it's made by Graflex.
2: Oh, wow. This
1: was to maybe, like, save their hide.
2: Yeah, right, right. Exactly. Save it's their the hide camera. <laughs> save my hide camera. Wow. It's,
1: it's ridiculous. It looks sweet. It has beautiful gray leather on it. Yeah. But you see the rocker focusing? They oh, yeah. no. They call this push-button focusing. Huh. Like this. Oh, Absolutely wow. ridiculous. Awesome. The first thing it did is it did not allow you to hold a camera like you're supposed to hold a camera. Yeah. Just cradled yeah right so you push button focusing, and then also to take the picture, you had to pull this lever sideways wow so it's always that little bit odd action yeah. wow,
2: that was pretty good
1: so, there we exact. go, but it is just it's just it's a it's a piece of. Aluminum. Oh, yeah. It's Can really, it's have you really, shot really that? beautiful. Oh, wow. Steady. I have not. I, I actually just have just have gotten that. There is film in it, but it's. I've reloaded it through a couple times because it doesn't fire. Well, it's
2: a fast focus on
1: that, but that okay. way. Uh, well, bizarre, isn't it? It's really well, bizarre. A little bizarre. It's just called? Wow. Graph- Graphlex. Graphic, graphic 35. Graphic 35. Graphic 35. They made this zero... S or C I R O thirty five, completely redesigned it and called it the Graphic thirty that is really nice. They made it a two eight and a three five. Little rodent stock that is lens. Really I'm nice. really anticipating that. You're um, get some good shots. At this I think thing. so. Yeah. Yes. It saved the company.
2: Feel that.
1: No, it did not.
2: Quick. Yeah. I bet you could do some cool long uh, like. B stuff, you know, like a uh, uh, bulb setting stuff, and just like gets oh, crazy. Oh, never thought of that.
3: It sh- 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 focuses like Night Rider drives. It's got that
2: funky. Now, Wonder how much one of those go for? Well, you it's it, ten dollars but...
1: at the garage sale. <laughs> oh, that's a beautiful shape. It that really is. is. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Wow. This, this is yeah. What is this one? An Imperial camera the Imperial Camera Com- uh-huh. company. Actually, it's another one of these pseudo TLRs. I love those. Oh, yeah. and what is so famous nice about this? It looks like a Star Wars What droid? is so what famous something? about this? Yeah, what is famous about this? This is the camera? dual lens model of this camera. Yeah. And Lee Harvey Oswald's wife shot pictures of him with his arsenal in the backyard. Really? With, with one the of those? camera just like that. Oh, man. You know? And that's about its only claim to and fame. That's, uh, I'll fire it up this week when I'm out shooting. What, is
0: that call, what would you Six call, um, uh, yeah.
1: call that? I call it the pseudo-TLR. You look, you look through Go the through lens. Through the top? Yeah, no, we'll the top. look through a focusing lens. Okay. Well, not even a focusing lens. It's not coupled to the picture-taking lens. So oh. just a, Simply like, just a viewfinder. lens. Yeah. yeah, essentially, yes. And it's a 620, so I'll be threading some film up tonight. Nice.
0: Wow. Really wow. Cool. wow. Really cool. And, of course, over there is the Polaroid talking camera. Oh, the that, Polaroid talking camera. What, what does it say?
1: Can we hear what it? Is, we sure can. We'll start it. There's okay, three be quiet. 3 pre-recorded settings that came from Polaroid on okay, this. Yes. And most of the time, if you find these, um, they've recorded over them. Oh, yes. Let's hear it.
5: It's wow, what else?
1: West. Here's the second one. I want you to say, hey, hey, hey.
2: Buh-boy, hey, hey, hey. Jerry Lewis
5: think, song. Uh, Brooklyn. Yeah, it's like Brooklyn. <laughs> and hey. that my
1: absolute what favorite, else? which yes. really got old. Cheese for me, cheese for you. Everybody,
0: cheese wow the guy had to wow and as you record it records over them
1: it records over them so that's why when you find these talking cameras Mm -hmm. they're almost always someone else's voice oh so you can
2: actually right now record your own yes it's got a voice recorder in it that is too cool Mm -hmm. we should mix our next cd to that
1: actually i thought maybe i would send you one and you guys could record on on it and use it as a giveaway (laughs) yeah not this one but uh oh there was also the 636 version of this Hmm. Which had a slight bit different uh, recording. Tone. More RAM. Uh, more RAM. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm.
2: oh, did they have the Charles Bronson version? That would have been awesome. Take the cue. <laughs> get too close to the lens.
1: Oh, that was the Minolta Talker. Oh, yeah? Yeah, oh, yeah the Minolta yeah. Talker. Too dark, oh. use flash. Yes. Uh, Joel, <laughs> Absolutely. Before uh, wrap up the show, uh, set up a group
0: shot.
4: Well, we had a great day.
1: <laughs> I loved it your was letters, a great John. way.
4: We read some letters. We looked uh, at some cameras. I
1: listened to No one Photo Kino. Photo Kino.
4: We talked about that for a while. And thanks to uh, Vivian Lee, Vivian Lee yeah. and uh, all our roving correspondents worldwide who are helping to contribute to this podcast and help spread the word of film. Thank you, John. Good night, Toulouse. Bye.